Morning, good morning. Great song, I'm holding on, right? Okay, works for me. It works for me. You get glad you're here this morning? Amen. Can I make a statement? If you wasn't here, I wouldn't get to see you this morning, would I? All right. <laughs> it's great. Travis Tritt said it was great to be alive. We live in a good life. Just hold on a little while longer. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 16. I think I'm right. Dr. Luke. I want to tell you a story this morning. I'm not going to tell you a story. I'm going to just relate what God has already told us. What I want to try to do this morning is I hope and pray that this is an evangelistic message, but also for the church. I want to paint a portrait of life. Life. How precious is life? Life is so sweet and so precious with Jesus Christ. Now, if you get Luke 16, look at verse 19 with me. Everybody knows this. You've heard it many, many times. But I want you to open up this parable that Jesus is going to tell us this morning. Let's look at it. Will you do that with me? Okay, follow along. There was a certain rich man which is clothed in purple and fine linen and very sumptuous every day. Sounds familiar? And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gates, full of sores, poor. And desire to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Had a desire in his heart. We have desires for food sometimes, don't we? Yeah. yeah, we do. In the man's table. And it came to pass that the beggar died. Not to beg anymore. And was carried by the angels. Under Abraham's bosom, a resting place. So aren't we looking for a resting place today? And I'm going to tell you where that resting place is at in just a moment, if you'll bear with me. And the rich man also died and was buried. The poor man, the rich man, each had something in common. They died. They died. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Safety, safety, safety in Jesus Christ. Amen. In the bosom. Amen. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip his tip of his fingers in water 
and cool my tongue. Let me say this to us, and I'm going to go ahead and get through this. Hell is a terrible place. Let me say this to us. If you're on that way and you end up there, you will have no friends in hell. You may think Satan is your friend here. He won't be a friend there. So, and Abraham, and Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime done what? Received the best things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he's in he's comfort, he's joy, his happiness and peace in Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. And when we make it in the glory, we're going to be comfort, there'll be joy, there will be peace, and no more sadness, no more hunger. And thou art tormented. I'm going to stop right there. We'll finish up the story. You may be seated. The rich man, Lazarus, I got a question. My subject for today is to ask you, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? The Bible tells us there's only two places that we can spend eternity. Either we'll spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ or spend it in hell with Satan. That's the two choices. Don't sound good, does it? That's the two choices. God made it very clear where you and I is headed. Now, we are traveling. We're pilgrims on this earth. We're traveling. We're going somewhere. We've got a final destination. That when we get there, the end will be. I want to warn us today. Time is winding up. Time is winding up. We're traveling, Brother Henry. We're going somewhere. Certainly, where will you or I spend eternity? We've got some warnings. I want to warn you. The Bible is full of warnings for you and I and for the world. Warnings to not to go these ways. Seems like everybody got their own thing, right? I'm going the way I want to go. But if you can make it into the kingdom, you can go the way God wants you to go. So I want to look at you. I'm not going to read all this scripture. It takes me too long. You see, I'm slow about doing things. The parables, Jesus taught in parables. He said, first of all, he said there was two ways we were traveling. Did he not? He said, we're traveling the broad way. Some folks are, and some folks is traveling the narrow way. There's a warning. It's the broad way is a warning. Stay off of it. Stay off of the broad way. <coughs> let, me, let me move on, go back to the Old Testament. Do you remember the story of Noah? Noah was a righteous man. We could say a God-fearing man. God spoke to Abraham, I mean, uh, Noah one day and said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. 
building art. Noel preached for 120 years and nobody had seen listening. They was hearing, but they weren't listening. And same like every time the hammer or the axe would come down and this building of art, he would say, you need to repent. Because God says it's going to rain. Let me tell you what, it's going to rain. It's definitely going to rain. Nobody believed the gospel. And a lot of people today don't even believe the gospel. I can tell you, the gospel says God's going to say one day to his son, go get your bride. We say, we've heard that a long time. Let me warn you today, God's coming to get his bride. And that's the church. He's coming to get her. He's coming to get her. I hope you're ready. No, praise to God says to Noah, Noah, all in the ark, get it in there. It started to rain. It started to rain. Get them in the ark. Get them in the safety. There was eight that made it into the ark. Let me say this to you and I, and I'm not going to be prudent. I just want to tell you the gospel. There's going to come a time the door is closed. You can't open it anymore. God, when God closes the door, it's closed permanently. He says to Noah, get them in the ark. The door is going to be closed. There's folks trying to get in the ark, but it was late. It was too late. I'm warning us today, listen, if you're not ready to meet God, you need to get ready to meet him because sometime in the future, He's coming to get you. He's going to send after. That's appointment, Brother Carnegie's. You and I is going to keep. What did God said it was once appointed on the man died. And then what? The resurrection. So let me move to the second morning. The ten virgins. You know the story of the ten virgins. Five wise, five foolish. They heard that the bridegroom was coming. They made their lamps ready to go in to the wedding. But he tarried for a little while, and they went to sleep. And he heard the cry, he's coming. They woke up to make their way into the wedding, Brother Henry. We're going to the wedding. We're going to a wedding. Five wise, five foolish. The wise have made preparations. If the delayed is coming, they'd be ready when he come. The foolish just had enough for the present. And when they said, Oh, give us some of the all that you got. My wife and told him to go back and buy. Get you some oil for your lamp. And as they made their journey back to get them some oil, the bridegroom came. The five wives had enough to make it in, into the wedding. They made it in. The door was closed. The five foolish ones came and knocked on the door. The door was closed. They 
couldn't go in. That's a warning. A warning. Be prepared. Don't get quiet on me. Be prepared to leave here. I'm telling you, you're on a journey, and you're going to a far country and not to return. You will not return through the door that you pass through in death because God's going to close the door permanently, and it'll be closed forever. Yeah, I need help. I need the Lord to preach this sermon to you today and me. He's preached to me all week. I said, Lord, can I get this thing right? You know what? It brings to your mind. I'll get it right. I spoke it. I'm telling the story. And here's the picture I want you to see. We're living a life here. What kind of life am I living here? Well, I'm going to share some things with you with this thing. Lazarus and the rich man. Life for Lazarus was tormented. Life for Lazarus was miserable. Life for Lazarus, he didn't have a good life. The rich man fared well. That sounds like America today, don't it? Some of us have plenty. Some of us have nothing. But there's one thing we've got we all got in common. We're going to die. We're going to die. We have that in common. Lazarus just wanted some crumbs, Brother Gerald. Give me some crumbs to eat. <laughs> Lazarus was raggedy, raggedy clothing. Full of sores, kind of like Job was full of sores. The rich man could have gave him ointment for his sores. He could have gave him food from his table, but it didn't meet my criteria. Listen, the only criteria that matters to you and I is Jesus Christ. What you have here, when the door is closed, you'll leave it here. It's more important to walk through that door. Jesus Christ welcomes you. Lazarus begged, was the begging? He begged people to take him to the rich man's gate so he could get him some crumbs. The dog, the Bible tells us in the God's pitch to you. I want to paint this life, what it was like. I think we have terrible times today, don't we? We got this, what they call it, a pandemic or whatever's going on. We think it's miserable. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, friends, and whatever I should say to you, if you end up in hell, you don't know what misery is on this side. If you end up there, what did the rich man say? Abraham, Father Abraham. Let me share something with you. There's a great gulf between hell and heaven. You can't pass from one place and get to the other. You can't go out in your automobile and say, I'm going to drive the Lumberton today. You can't go out in your automobile and say, I'm going to ride the Raleigh today. It won't be that way. It's permanently. When you're in heaven, it's permanently there. If you're in hell, it's permanent. There's no escape. I say to you and I today, ask yourself, where will I spend eternity? And if you don't know, you need to know today. You have no promise of tomorrow.
So follow along with me. The Bible says what happened to Lazarus. The Bible tells Lazarus died, didn't it? Where'd he end up at? In the bosom of Abraham. He was comfort and safety. We're going to hear the old rich man's cry. Father Abraham, now he seems to be humble. What was it like when I was enjoying all these pleasures of life? And now it's gone. Where's our hope for the future? Where's your hope for the future? It's a great duty for you and I to tend to our soul, folks. Get ready. I'm telling you, get ready, get ready. And if you ain't ready, you better get ready. Because there's no great event to happen before the rapture. For God takes us out of here. Are you looking forward to God to getting you out of here? Really? Lord, but I've accumulated all this on earth. I told you a few moments ago, whatever you have accumulated here, it's going to stay. Somebody else will get to use it. Lazarus comfort. He's comfort and joy. The rich man, Brother Marcus, is tormenting. I had all these pleasures while I was on earth. Lazarus had nothing. Lazarus was a beggar. He had nothing. He had to beg. Maybe that's what we need to do. Beg God to take control of our lives, of this world, and whatever else he needs to do. We need to ask him. God, come in. You take control. You take control. Not me. Brother, I have no idea how to control a lot of wealth. Do you? I can't even control my life. Without God, I cannot control this life before I get home today. Let me tell you something. Let me warn you. Let me keep warning you. Before I get home today, if I'm not careful, Satan's going to have some bad thoughts to come through this mind. I'm not able to take care of all of that. God is. Trust God. Trust God for everything. Life, health, and strength. Trust him. God's going to get us there. Listen, we're pilgrims. We're traveling. We're going somewhere. And we're going to end up somewhere. You make the choice. I can't make it for you. Well, let me move on. Our greatest duty, I just mentioned this, is I will take care of our soul. Now, Brother Roger made a statement a little bit earlier. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Everybody, not one person, everybody, God loved them. If it happened to love everybody, you and I wouldn't be loved today. God loves everybody. God loved the rich man. You know that? But the rich man didn't love God. <laughs> he didn't love God. If he'd loved God, he'd had examples of Lazarus. Come on in here. I don't care what you look like. Come on in. You're God's creation. 
and sit down at the table. Good things happen when we trust Jesus Christ. Good things happen. Lazarus suffered on earth, but he didn't suffer in Abraham's bosom. The rich man had it well on earth, but when he died, he was going into a different atmosphere, a different world. Who's better off? The beggar? Lazarus better off than the rich man. He had it all. Well, let me move on. Let me say this to you and I. You and I, look at each other today, and I'm going to tell you a couple more times, Brother Carney. Time tells a story. Time is telling my story. Time is telling your story. What would the end be? What will it be? So we see here in the parable, talking about broad ways and narrow ways. Let me move on. I don't want to bore you. I want to tell you the truth. Two people, Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus and the rich man. Man, he was a beggar. You know we don't like to beg, do we? Huh? We don't like to beg. I got plenty. Do you have enough? Earthly things? Maybe. Do we have enough of Jesus Christ? We need him. There's no doubt about it. The picture, let me show you this. The picture I'm trying to show you here. I want you to think about this. Where? Where I'd fit in this picture. Where do you fit today? Are you on your way to glory? Or are you on your way to hell? You know, you've got a choice to make. Where are you going to spend eternity? I asked that question. Where will you spend eternity? You know what eternity means? I don't have to tell you. You already know. We, as individuals, are going to live somewhere throughout all eternity. All. We're going to be somewhere. Somewhere. Well, let me move on. We can hear the rich man's cry. Father Abraham, send Lazarus back. Let him go back and just touch his finger and some water and bring him, touch my lips. That's what he was in. He was tormenting. He's, you see Lazarus, he wouldn't take care of Lazarus on this side. But he said, Lord, he said, Father Abraham, if you'll send him back and tell my brothers, listen, not to come to this place, I'm tormenting. I'm telling you today from a heart of love, don't you end up in hell. If you do, you'll be miserable the rest of your life. Don't do it. You got a choice to make. Abraham tells, look, you had Moses. You had the prophets. Look, I'm telling you today, we have preachers that's preaching the gospel. They're telling you don't go. We have Sunday school teachers teaching the gospel. Don't go. I'm warning you, don't go. And you'll never be able to tell God that you haven't been warned. He knows your life. He knows. I'm warning you, stay away from hell. 
It's not a good place. It was so terrible. The rich man said, Abraham, if you just let him go back and touch the water, bring it and put it on my lip. It was too far. Lazarus couldn't make it back. It was too far. The rich man couldn't make it to Lazarus. It was too far, too great to go. He couldn't make it there. But let me tell you today, you can make it into glory. God made the way he sent his son that you and I could go to glory and be with him. Abraham said you had Moses. Abraham said you had the prophets. And I'm telling you today, you got the preachers. You've got Sunday school teachers. You have people that sing the great songs of the gospel. There's warnings. Just about every teacher, they'll warn you of something. The Bible is full of warnings. Stay away. Stay away. Where will you spend eternity? Good question. Let's compare Lazarus' lifestyle to the rich man. Who had the best life? From the surface, it looked like the rich man, right? He had all these friends. Maybe a popular man. He had all these friends, and Lazarus was bigger. He had no one. Even the dogs come by and soothed the sores. The rich man could have took him in. The rich man could have took care of him, but refused to do that. You know what's happening in the world today? Let me tell you what's happening in the world today, and I think you will agree with me. A lot of people is refusing Jesus Christ. I got it all. But they ain't thinking about tomorrow. As the five or ten virgins, they were thinking about the future. What does my future look like? What does your future look like? The only future... Or the seven, well, best future you got is Jesus Christ. There's no future in serving Satan. I said to you earlier, you have, if you make it into hell, you'll have no friend. You say, I got friends here on earth, but you will have no friends there. When you give it Jesus Christ, you got all the friends you'll ever need. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. What you and I do and say here on this earth. The beggar, Lazarus. The rich man. You know, it's nice to be rich. Don't you think so? It is. God doesn't speak against riches. God speaks how we use our riches. How we use them. How we use our riches. Abraham, if you just let Lazarus go back and just to get, you know, he didn't ask, you know, the rich man, when he was opening his eyes and where he was at, he didn't ask for a whole lot. He said, just go back and tell my brothers not to come here. This is permanent for me. Tell them not to come. Just let him touch his finger. Now, listen, there's a great gulf to touch his finger and water and just touch my lips. Misery. 
You know, we always say this, misery loves company. Touch. Give me a drink. We have opportunity today, and we've had opportunities a lot of times to drink from the fountain, the water of life, Jesus Christ. What are you going to do with them today? What are you going to do with Jesus today? Are you going to love him, praise him, and serve him, or are you going to reject him? It may be the last time you get to reject him. We're traveling. We're pilgrims. We're going somewhere. This is not your permanent home, ladies and gentlemen. It's not permanent. You're only here for a little while. You could be gone. You know what? I thought about this this week. Let me share it with you. I said, Lord, the Lord may be working in my heart. And this may be your last sermon. I may never on this side of glory get to speak to you again. But I want to warn you. And I want to tell you where you'll find me when you get there. You're going to find me with him. I have my ticket. God gave me a ticket. He made a way for you and I. He stabbed that ticket with his own blood. Then when your father sees it, that's yours. That's mine. Many years ago on the cross of Calvary, when he shed his blood, the ticket was stamped. I got a ticket. I'm going home. Yeah, I got a little place there in Lumberton. I can go to our brother Henry and lay down and go to sleep, but it's not permanent. I'm going to a permanent home. Jesus said I could go. I'm going. I'm taking him in his word. Where will I spend eternity? I'm telling you right now, right now, where I'm going to spend eternity is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't you want, will you come and go with me? Let's go home. We're going home. Let me move right along. And he says he didn't believe the prophets, didn't believe Moses, didn't believe. How many people believe what we're telling them today? The time is winding up. If you don't believe time is winding up, look around in this sanctuary and you'll see the almond trees blossoming. I won't be here as long as I have been. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home to be with Jesus. Come and go. Lazarus is already there waiting. He's in the bosom of Abraham. He's there serving God, loving God. If I was to ask you a question today, how much do you love God? And some of us would just go outrageous. How much do we love him? So this, to my thinking, is one of the most sovereign areas of the Bible. It gives us a look at the afterlife. We want to live here, but it gives us a look at the afterlife. We look in there and see that we're living after this life somewhere. Lazarus made a choice sometime, somewhere. He made a choice. Even though I'm a beggar, even though that my clothes may be raggedy. I'll spend time. I'll spend the rest of my time with Jesus Christ. Let me share something. People spend a lot of money today. 
They got lots of money to spend. They spend lots of money. Oh, I'm going to put this body in the ground. Oh, it's going to look good and all like that. You know what's going to happen to this body? Nothing but going back to the dust. People say, oh, he looked good, didn't he? Well, physically you may have looked good, but we're not concerned about the physical. I'm concerned about my soul. Lazarus may not even been buried. You know that? Think about that. He may not have. He might have just been thrown in the garbage dump. That body was thrown in the garbage dump. Could have been. But where did his soul end up? That's the most important of all. Where did his soul end up? And if I was to ask you at this moment, how many of you are going to be in heaven? A bunch of you raise your hand. A bunch of us will raise our hand, and I'll be glad. Because I can be put at Lumbee Memorial Garden or wherever. You go there a few years down the road, and you won't find nothing. Maybe some bones. Where's my soul going to be at? I'm going to be with the king. We hear this old saying, I'll be sitting at the eastern gates waiting. I don't know if I'm going to be waiting or not. I don't know that. But I know where I'm going to be at, Brother Carnage. I'm going to be at the king at his feet, worshiping him. Fall down on my knees to worship I may not know how to worship him here, but I'm going to know how to worship him when I get there. I'm going to worship the king. So my question to you again, where will you spend eternity? And if you don't know, I advise you to get to know where you will spend eternity. Time, time tells a story. Let me share this with you. And I know everybody knows this as born-again Christians. We're not going to leave here and go to heaven on our own. We're going to have an escort. We're going to have a heavenly escort to get us from here to there. God's going to send his angels to come and get us. He's going to send somebody to get us. His holy angels are going to come, take us from here to there, wherever he's at. And we think he's in heaven. We know he's in heaven. When he lays a claim, there's a claim laid on your life today. Jesus said, Father, these is mine. These is mine. Where will you spend eternity? Time. Let me say it one more time. Time tells a story. Whether it's good or bad, it's telling a story. Let me encourage you. 2,000 years ago or so, our Lord and Savior gave his life. You nobody took his life. He gave his life. He shed that precious blood. Just one drop of God's blood through his son made it right for the whole world. For you and I, just one drop. Has the blood been applied to your life? 
Let me encourage you. I like the old Barnum. You know, Barnum was an encourager. I want to encourage you. Okay. Time tells a story. Like I said, if you don't believe it, look around. You see the almond trees turn to blossom. You see the almond trees blossom. You'll see that the grinder is wearing down. You will see that our eyes is going dim. Time is winding up. I won't be here another 70 years. You won't be here no longer than God allows you to be here. Get ready, because he's coming to get his bride. It may be in the midnight hour, but he's coming to get his bride. You've heard the cry many times, get ready. Get ready. We're going to leave. I don't know how you're going to leave. I don't know when you're going to leave. But I do know this. We're on a journey. We're going to make it to the end, and the door is closed. It's never to be open again. You can't come back. We've got to move forward in Jesus Christ. I ask you today and beg you today, if you don't know him as Lord and Savior of your life, you need to get to know him. And you'll have no better chance, no better time, no greater time than today. Judgment is coming. Let me say this. I'll try to get out of your way. God said there was two ways we can travel. Did he not? The wide way and the narrow way. He said, I'm going to give you some advice. Paraphrasing it. Jesus says, take the narrow way. There's very few people that will find it. There's safety. As it was with the virgins, be prepared. Make sure you got enough oil to get you through the journey. Because the door closes, it's permanently. It's not going to be open anymore. Once we can get into the wedding, we're in. If we don't, we don't. And you have the story of Lazarus and Noah. If Noah could be faithful to God for 120 years and continue to preach the gospel, can't we be faithful for a few days? A few years, eight people, those eight, eight people found safety in the ark. You can find safety. I hope you have. I can find safety in the ark. And if you're outside of the ark, you need to get prayer. Make preparation to go inside of the ark because the door is going to close. The door is going to close. Sometime, sometime, the door is going to close on my life. It's going to be over. I won't be able to come back and say, let me do it again. No, it's going to be permanent. So the church bowed their head. We come and have an invitation, this song this morning. I pray that you'll look at the pitch and see where I fit in this pitch. Where I at? Am I on my way to heaven?
or is there a void back here that I need to get it right? I need to get it right. You have this opportunity to sing this song. As the church is praying for you, praying for me, praying for this country, praying for this county, praying, praying for the souls of man. 